Welcome to the Spoiler Alert Podcast. And today, Dakota and myself have a guest. His name is Jorge Hernandez, a.k.a. Uh, how many names do you have, Jorge? You you do it. You you introduce right. yourself. Jorge Hernandez, a.k.a. Wonder Boy, a.k.a. The Boy J, a.k.a. Uh, so, no, yeah, that was it. That was <laughs> <too>. <laughs> that like a Game of Thrones thing where we're like sitting through 20 titles. Uh, <laughs> and today we're going to be reviewing Edward James Almost's 1992 American Me. And before we get started, though, Jorge, let the people know where they can find you, what you've been up to, okay. uh, you know, any any music you've been doing lately, all that good stuff. All right, for sure. Uh, you can find all my stuff gathered on theboyj.com. That is T-H-E-B-O-Y, the letter J, dot com. And um, right there, you can find all my links, um, all my socials. I recently released a song called Self Care. It released earlier this month. It's my first track released of 2021. And if you guys want to check it out, it'll be on theboyj.com as well. And make sure to check out the Drop-Off Podcast. Make sure to, dro- make sure to check podcast. out the Drop-Off Podcast. So... American Me was made in 1992. It basically chronicles a, they change a lot of the names, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's essentially a true story, right? But they do change yeah. some of the names to protect uh, some of the, uh, well, basically. It didn't some, work out from what I understand, like 10 people got murdered for this film or something. So now yeah. I'm a little nervous, you know, I don't exactly <laughs> want to get my head sawed off. Uh, like, I was looking on YouTube, there's like three other people that have reviewed this movie. I'm like, okay, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, just to clarify, yeah, I was looking, I was looking that up as well. And I believe Danny Trejo mentioned that or believes that there's at least like 10 or maybe 12 consultants for the film that ended yeah. up getting ba- basically killed by the by the mexican well, mafia went for- even deeper like ejo himself like had like a hit out on him and shit so like i you know yeah i i don't know i did i had no idea yeah i watched this movie years ago i, I didn't even uh know it was like a true story or anything so mm-hmm. yeah, i just learned that like yesterday i'm like oh okay <laughs> so the film begins with like this, you know, with the opening credits begin with basically the sound of uh, the people getting processed into prison, having mm-hmm. a cough, stripped naked, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, it's all and, just audio, but it's it's really graphic. You know, the the dialogue, you know, yeah, lift yeah. your nutsack, you know, spread your ash. It's just, yeah, it's, it, right off the bat, it's... Uh, yeah, you're in for something. I mean, I guess it's, you know. Like. Right. And uh, the voiceover, uh, voiceover comes in and most of the voiceover, I believe, is meant to be through letters sent between uh, Montoya, who, Montoya Santana, and uh, his his wife, or, or I mean, sorry, I believe maybe girlfriend girlfriend well, yeah, 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 right. yeah his wife uh right his his girlfriend and his brother and his i think maybe at some some point his mom like his yeah his mom yeah. i don't love all of the voiceover in this movie in this movie but the early stuff is really good um but voiceover is just hard to crack for 
anybody really. Uh, well, I, thought it, I thought it was, I mean, cause we don't even meet the, the girlfriend until much later in the film. I mean, for one thing, so it's, you don't know who he's addressing. And then once that becomes clear, it's by that point, he's all, uh, already kind of like almost doomed. So I thought there was almost like a poetry to it. You know, I, I, I yeah. don't, yeah, I mean, I like that. I, 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 but, but that's all right. I mean, I know a lot of people are against points. I think it's all in how you do it, but I, I kind of thought it was well executed. And I think, I think it was definitely better than Blade Runner's voiceover. Oh but. yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, so, but, um, no, I mean, a lot of it resonated with me, the idea of, you know, the sort of duality, you know, that there's, there's, I, I, I remember, that was like the one line I remembered from years ago when I first watched it was, you know, there's one of you who loves and one of you who kills. And I mean, the whole movie is kind of exploring that dual nature, you know, I guess at, at least towards the end, it becomes a lot more. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I liked it, but yeah, no, if you didn't, I, I don't know. Oh, I, I like the, I, I, that's my favorite part of the voiceover but yeah i do like that they bring in his girlfriend's voiceover because that lets you know that right away because for a long time in this movie it's like just some really heavy shit and you don't know like how worth like just like you know if there's any good in any of these characters right but mm. the fact that he has someone that loves him like his girlfriend and that's established in the first scene gives you some investment in the movie right away um, we also i mean we don't even know who he's writing to we just know that there's somebody and then that that becomes apparent later on who it is so mm -hmm. um kind of with that it gives off that uh very early um gangster movies you know kind of like that godfather that scarface it kind of comes off that way in the beginning like um these are like films you know and like it's gonna build up to to like a story you know like you know like nowadays you know a lot of um newer films is mostly like mystery action 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 mystery kind of solved action 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 mystery solved at the end kind of theme and like this one is um you know kind of based on the true story like it's depicting a character some things have been altered to create a better maybe theatrical version possibly but for the most part, yeah. for the most part, it was a very, um, I think it was a very well put story that um, almost did by, you know, picking these certain scenes and making this the final edit. And now it's like, you know, the film, but, you know, the, the voiceover, rewatching it again, paying attention to stuff like that. Like, I agree, like the, the beginning of it was was well done and then as the film progressed you kind of saw a little bit of um not my favorite voiceover but it was definitely this this character was changing and so were the thoughts the voiceover was the like, letters were changing yeah yep, yep and then by the time the third act comes around there's i believe almost no more voiceover because he's when he gets out of prison that's it's when present the, time that's when the letters stop it's present time and there's no voiceover and yep. Maybe I just feel that way because I think that part is the best part of the movie. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, so, it's, well, it's not. I mean, it's not inconsistent though. Yeah, the voiceovers disappear because he's out of prison, but then they, well, maybe we're getting ahead. But I mean, he ultimately <laughs> goes back to prison. It's revealed, you know, uh, who these letters were to and what it was about. And mm -hmm. by that point, I mean you can already, you already kind of know. But there's just sort of this tragic element to it because. Uh, you realize by that stage in the film, he's he's pretty doomed, and uh, you know. So, 
Yeah, actually, I mean, of, of the whole movie, though, like to me, the, the voiceover stuff is what stood out in my memory. So I don't, mm -hmm. I, I guess for that, like I, I wouldn't say it's bad. Uh, it's, it's rare I remember a voiceover, but it's really the voiceover elements I remembered years on. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't think, I, like I said, I don't think voiceover is inherently bad. I think Blade Runner is a horrible fucking decision. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot, a lot <laughs> that was of producer motivated and everything. And yeah. Edward James almost is in Blade Runner too, just by the yeah, way. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, yes. <laughs> But yeah, and then the next scene like basically kicks off of some backstory of where his parents came from, kind of what went down there. And the Zoot Suit riots happened during that time. That's uh, what I'm, like, see, I don't know the history. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know the history of it either until I, until I watched it, because this is the first time me watching the film. Um, but basically I Googled it and it's like a real thing where, and the pictures of it look very similar to what was yep. done in the movie. So it was kind of like a creative license reenactment sort of almost. But so and, what, just a bunch of drunken Navy sailors came home and started tearing shit up or like, yeah, what? pretty much just beat up, okay. you know, Mexican people for no, no good reason. And then, you know, there was like just riots involved and, I don't know, just a shit show, basically. Well, which is what we see in the movie. So that much I gathered. It's, it was a shit show, whatever the fuck happened. Uh, so. um, and uh, Montoya and JD and Mundo uh, are like young characters at this point. They're just kids. They're like 16. Uh, they basically join up in the gang, in the mafia, and they're really just trying to prove something but you know because they're like young and i mean they don't know shit they're just trying to be like they're just trying to be somebody basically mm -hmm. and right away they get into trouble with ha running away from a gang they have to break into a, a bar or a restaurant or whatever that place was mm -hmm. uh, they had a jukebox and then uh jd gets shot and uh, Montoya gets thrown in juvie. JD, uh, JD and Montoya oh, yeah, go in. Yeah. yeah, they all go into juvie, basically. It's like an effective early scene just to really put in place the themes right away that are like striving for respect can like screw you over a lot of the time. Like, mm -hmm. you, know, well, yeah, I mean, uh, you can make a mistake about that. I mean, the that. store owner, like, I mean, he, I, I think he was, you know, Mexican as well. So they're, they're breaking in he's trying to protect his property it just it, you can see yeah early on the, the cycle is kind of established you know and they're running away from the other gang or whatever and so they have to break into the store and the guy comes down with the shock yeah i mean it's uh yeah it's all very cyclical i mean you know i, I think that is apparent uh, by the end of the movie well i was watching with uh i was watching with my wife who doesn't really have a lot of background with like gangs or things of that nature um this kind of film was a lot of like oh why are they doing that why are they doing this and then like as a viewer you, you kind of like have to think as well like okay well these kids essentially have nothing don't get a lot of options you know they're just walking around doing what on what doing what kids with no opportunities do maybe trying to find respect or power in a certain way. So that's, this is what they know. And this is what it's, um, this is what is known to them. 
as far as for the place where they come from. Because if we note in the beginning as well, Montoya's parents, they both have that gang tattoo on the inside of their hand. So it's like, oh, so this has been happening since before they were born. So now it's like they're just another chapter and they're just doing what was done before them. And it's like um, just an interesting depiction of, as you, as uh, Dakota was saying, like just the cycle. It became a, a cycle of like, OK, this is starting it off. And now they're taking their first step into like falling down this path. I, I, I think we skipped a huge part, and that, that's that the mother was raped at the start of the film. And the other idea that's kind of raised early on is, yeah, the idea of, of, of family and everything. And so he doesn't really have a, a family at home. You know, his dad's kind of rejected him. And, but as far as why they do what they do, I mean, yeah, just mattering. Just, I mean, when you feel like you don't, and, 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 and I, I don't know. I mean, you know, like they're taking risks because why the hell not? You know, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate the way it ended up, obviously. Um, you know, and then in hindsight, you're like, but, but you get it where it's like, they, you know, I don't know. So basically, they all get thrown into juvie. Uh, JD takes a little bit to get to juvie because his leg is healing up and they're fixing that shit. Um, but like just night one, and that's like the even more fucked up part of this is it's like the very first night, Montoya gets raped by this like creepy juvie kid. And then just out of retaliation, Montoya kills the kid. Which I mean, you're and, fucking rooting for because normally yeah, you're like, rooting these kinds for of movies, it, but... like that whole thing drags itself off uh, out over a long period of time. As mm-hmm. soon as that kid turns his back, he goes for the knife, fucking impales. And you're like all the other kids in the room. You're like, yeah, fucking kill the fucker, you know? Like so. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, a lot of the wrongs that Montoya does in this movie are like for respect for the sake of respect. But like in that case, it's like kind of self-defense to a certain degree at some point like mm-hmm. i mean you would have to be like an angel not to retaliate you know what i mean and like well not everybody's in a that. position to retaliate but i mean that's the first thing that's apparent is that he is as soon as the knife is off his neck you know he i mean i and, and clearly he knows that this is going to go on if he doesn't put an end to it right there and then you know so um and normally yeah. in these movies we see that you know it's it's dragged out over a long period of time until you know, mm-hmm. something happens, but uh, like Shawshank or whatever. But, you know, um, yeah, right here, he just puts a fucking end to that shit like, right at the start. And you can tell it's going to go on as an audience because like like you said, the like the kids next to the bed, like obviously like look like they get it all the time. Yeah, it's fucked and... up because some of them are like really young and shit, you know, so it's like, yeah. I yeah, mean... so, so they're they're just, like you said, they're just rooting, rooting it on too. And, and when you're put in like, those places in juvie like sometimes like there is no easy way to just like be like hey he's he's raping us every night like they don't like i don't know i feel like i've i feel like like the enforcement of the guards like wouldn't do that much shit or even if they did talk about it like they'd be too prideful to talk about it you know what i mean so they wouldn't they wouldn't go for help so they're with the you know with their mind with the mindset in place like there is no easy way out of that situation well and, and the the one thing it does really early on is it does get the audience on this character side because i mean you're sure them on in that scene so just to clarify too um the montoya's mother in 1943 i believe it was she was raped by sailors 
and Montoya was 16 in like 1959. Mm-hmm. So he went to juvie around sometime between 1959 and 1960. So obviously there was different times back then. Um, so that's that's how um, there we're we're getting into all this other uh, essentially shit that just wouldn't fly in today's date of like shit that happens in prison. Mm-hmm. Like you know we hear about. Um, violence and the way prisoners treat each other but just to clarify this is juvie and it was like during the early early 60s or late 50s that these characters are 16 and in juvie because um leading up to the point from from the beginning of the movie to the time he's in juvie it's it's a fairly short time in the film it's maybe like the first 20 to 30 minutes maybe if that Mm -hmm. and you know during this time you 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 essentially travel 16 plus years and um yeah i just wanted to clarify that part oh yeah no i mean essentially his whole life has been spent in the system which is you know yeah it yeah he hasn't really been born yet which it comes it's it's weird it comes up in kind of like i'd see like the last third of the film where you start to become more cognizant of that fact that like he hasn't ever actually known anything else so um but yeah that's important yeah uh to establish that yeah he's i mean he is just a kid and then he's really never out of there past that point because because he does kill the kid and uh, and so that's as soon as you're out of juvie then you get transferred to prison you know for something like that so yeah he's he just hasn't even had a life at this Mm -hmm. point yeah correct yeah and he got transferred to Folsom prison which is a very famous prison in California uh Johnny Cash writes songs about it um you know it's it's a heavy like gang like prison where um like everyone is separated basically by by gangs of race and everything like that and it's like it's just hard in there and like but he establishes in the voiceover that uh the Mexican mafia they had control of the drug distribution throughout the the prison um something that's kind of a, a little jarring is that we just we don't really see Montoya's or uh, or Santana's uh uh, climb to the top we can just kind of assume that he learned his first lesson there in juvie which is kill anybody that fucks with you and uh somehow he's established himself at the top at the time we see him in prison um and things are already pretty well established at that point i mean he's running the show um so it, yeah it might be a little jarring but and and then it's really just the Aryans and and the blacks and we don't actually really see any of the Aryans though they're brought up. Um, and then, yes, it's really they, just- They come into play a little later on, but- Oh um, yeah, uh, after he actually gets out of jail is when they mm-hmm. become most relevant. Yeah. Yeah, so Maybe that, I don't know if there was, Jorge, do you know if, the, was this based off of a book? Um, American, I don't think so. I think it was just based off of um, the individual who Santana is pro- portraying. Right. So I think um, it's based off of, verbal accounts because mm. maybe there are some details about uh his actual coming up in that prison like mafia sort of hierarchy mm-hmm. that like they didn't feel like they wanted to get out or whatever mm-hmm. um so it's maybe- not too much of a leave i mean I, though i mean because we've seen that he well he's learned that killing people works right so so like in <laughs> You know, uh, and that's how we see he runs things. So, you know, yeah, it's not hard to imagine how he came to power. Yeah. And uh, his mother brings him a necklace in 
uh, in like the visitor center and he's and he, his brother is still like just a little kid at this point and his brother's tale is, is one of the more tragic ones I think yeah it really it is yeah. <laughs> like like that yeah that that one's that one's like one of the rougher ones um and then we kind of and then we also have like this like kind of fucked up but sort of like cool scene where like we see uh how how they get the drugs in prison so basically they get like one of their girlfriends to sneak it in through the toilet um and then they flush it and they have someone down at the plumbing trying to like time it and catch it which sounds like a bad job (laughs) you gotta do what you gotta do there are a lot of uh false positives before (laughs) (laughs) i had to i had to say something about that too because um he he essentially gets it from the from the sewage drain, right? And then just feels it, and then just wipes it off with a low light. Well, right. you know, he doesn't even really wipe it off. He just goes for the the gel, you know, the jelly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and you see him stick. Yeah, you see him to essentially just sticks it up where. Yeah. You know, like if there's if you had no pockets, use this as a last resort. <laughs> <laughs> Later in the cell. It, it's, <laughs> it's seen multiple orifices is what we're seeing. <laughs> yes. um, and then like they're passing it through like cell to cell and one of the guys and he's he's a black dude so like that that comes into play in like just a second oh, here yeah. like takes more of it than or just all of it. I, it was hard to see, but like... I mean, well, we see the, the first guy gets some finger licking in, which is so fucking gross. We see I, the life cycle of this yeah. package. Yeah. Yeah, well, he tried to replace it with something, I think, or I don't know. But basically, no, that, I, that dude... He's just being a dumbass. Like, he just thinks nobody will notice, you know? And and it's very clear that, you know, he's like, yeah, I mean, I think he's trying to act like the guard is there and will note, you know, that's yeah. why it's taking so long, but nobody's buying that shit, so... Yeah, and, um, and then the Mexican mafia sets him on fire for it because it wasn't his. Yeah, and that starts where the black gang in the in the prison, like they almost, and this is like one of my like I think like the visually one of the cooler scenes where you see like just all the like clothes and garbage and just yeah. shit falling from the sky, yeah. and then they have like they're kind of standoff between the Mexican and the black gangs where they basically explain like it wasn't his stash and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, you didn't have to do them like that. And, you know, both sides mm-hmm. to it. Uh, well, but, uh, you know, Santana asserts there that, that, that it wasn't a racial thing. It was this guy fucked over, you know, somebody and we have to maintain order, you know? Mm-hmm. So got, um, got to maintain respect. Right. Uh, and and that's consistent throughout is uh it never at least in his mind it's never like a racial thing when that kind of stuff goes down it's just kind of how the gangs divide themselves in his mind i believe but right but we, yeah we see is bridging a lot of those sort of allegiances throughout the, like i mean you know the the mexicans uh coordinating with like the Aryans. i mean it's just, and yeah. i mean one of his best friends is white too like they also use jd to kind of finesse some uh just shit with the Aryan Brotherhood too. Uh and that all you know that also plays in later because yeah. 
Um, but another thing in that scene is that he he tucks some of the guards away during those what looks like it's going to break out into a riot. It ultimately doesn't. It de-escalates because the guards are up there with guns and the guy from like the black gang or whatever. You know, he's, he's like, I'm not going up against the guns. And but uh, he protects some of the guards by locking them in a cell. You know, because like so it's clear that he has such he doesn't want those dudes dead because they're on his side. You know, and, and they're dead, and he's going to have to reestablish the whole. Yeah, I mean. But um, yeah, it just I, it gets across that he's running the show completely. You know, I mean, the guards are in his pocket and he protects them. They protect him. You know, it's. And as far as that, too, like um, before uh, the Mexican mafia, which they called the, um, La M, which was what they referred to. I believe he said that before that there was nothing. And then the oldest gang, the Mexican mafia, is what controlled Folsom. So what, what I'm assuming not only is happening besides drug distribution, they also mentioned like you could get anything you want on the outside. We got it. To, we got it to you in the inside. Mm-hmm. So that involved like um, protection, prostitution, drugs, a bunch of shit, extortion, yada, yada, yada. And they, they're, the- sen- they're essentially creating like this. They're protecting everyone through this like violent way. Of like, well, okay. yeah, they're creating order, but everybody has to go along with that. Like, if you break the rules, then you get burned. Literally, in the case of the black guy, you know. So it's it's still yeah, high, very very violent system. But if you play by you know play ball, then you're okay. You know. So yep. And then after that standoff, uh, uh, Montoya gets thrown into solitary, and he's still running shit from solitary. So like that that just shows you just how just how deep it goes where you know and and like most prison movies that you see like whenever someone goes into solitary they they don't do shit like (laughs) i watched a movie um it came out obviously long after this but with nikolai coster waldo jamie lannister yeah it's called shot color uh color it it came out on like direct tv or whatever um it was actually pretty good uh, but he, yeah, he's running the whole show ultimately from solitary. Well, actually, no, there's another guy running it from solitary. So he's like inaccessible. It's kind of the beauty of it. And so he goes through this whole process just to get to this guy that's running the show over the course of that movie. And it's, it's a really bleak, fucking ugly. But, but he's running things not just on the inside, on the outside as well. Mm. Uh, but this did that story obviously way, way before, like 15 years at least. So before uh, Shot Caller. But it's another, it had John Berthenol, I think is how you say his name. And it is a pretty good, it's good. It's another bleak, depressing prison movie. If you feel, I, I, that's almost redundant. I don't think they're a happy prison, but Shawshank's like, or is Chicago part. a happy prison movie? I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so it just goes to show you like, like just how hard to comprehend, like the amount of power that they have, even just as prisoners. And then there comes a scene where, this one, I forgot exactly why he had, why he got killed, but like it was in like the, it was in the courtyard where they're lifting weights, they're tattooing this guy that's bench pressing. Yep. And then that guy ends up getting shanked. I forgot the exact reason why. So he was, he... I, I think he was advocating for a more cautionary approach. And, his, the, and so people started to think of him as weak and words started mm. to spread. I think was how that went about. So it, it wasn't that he was even wrong. It's just that the outward appearance was something they couldn't abide, you know? And so they had to get rid of him because they couldn't appear weak, I think is how mm-hmm. that went. So, so, yeah, so that scene, 
there was the Mexican mafia. The prison is essentially divided between races, and each race has its own gang. What was happening was that Montoya's gang was a lot of a lot of the prison inmates from the lower lower South California. And then there was a new gang of Mexicans oh. that were calling themselves the family or, or our family, essentially. And they were from the North, North California, mm. which um, pissed them off because it's like, oh, we spent our whole lives trying to get this together just to have someone else try to start some other shit. And when they mentioned that, some guy was like, oh, I've met that person before. He's a really cool dude. And then, Mo- <laughs> and then Montoya, Montoya said, oh, perfect. Then you get his ticket. Like, you get to kill him. Right. He's like, no, I can't. He's, he, was, he was like a really cool dude or something like that. And he's like, all right, don't worry about it. And like taps him on the shoulder. <laughs> the, they got the Japanese dude to do a favor. It's like, oh get this dude because he's definitely not a hundred percent down with us. And then um, I think Montoya says in a voiceover, I, um, I didn't like killing our own, but the respect that got us was above anything he's ever seen. So like they were the only gang to start killing each other off if they fucked up. But they said that that created, uh, you know, problems later down the road that we, yep. and yeah, that comes into play. So uh, that actually bites him in the ass. Right. At the end. <laughs> So, and and that was one of the more like memorable scenes to me because like you just see every member from every gang, like even like allied with him or whatnot, just walking by because like you know nobody. Well, I think they just like, don't want to be blamed for it, right? They don't. They don't want to be blamed for it, but you know, that's kind of like the nature of things where it's like you fucked up, like you get left, you get left behind. You know what I mean, like. There's no sympathy. There's no, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, you played the game and you lost, basically. What do you guys um, think of the, of the film, like the picture itself? Because it's, it's, um, it was made, it was released in 92. So, I mean, I, yeah, it didn't, it didn't stand out to me as like dated. I mean, it's still, uh, I mean, there, there's obviously a different look that things have now because they're all digital and everything. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was like timeless in a, in a sense. I mean, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, I think, I, I think really the only thing that, I mean, yeah, if you go a little further back and that thing seemed time stamped and then in the early 2000s, when they just first started to use digital things mm-hmm. look a little rough, you know, the visual quality is not quite there, but, um, but yeah, this is shot more traditionally. I mean, it looks, it looks good. It holds up. I, I think today um, I, I think the best looking scenes might be and it's just by the nature of the story so it's got nothing to do with anything they're doing or not doing but like I think the best looking scenes to me are always like the scenes when they're out and where they're like like where they're dancing or you know doing whatever and you have like some beautiful like cal- like nighttime like like lighting and that kind of stuff uh, because I mean this is the case with like Oz too, is it sometimes gets visually draining to see like, Uh, all right, blue shirts, blue shirts, gray walls, blue shirts, gray, but but that's the nature of the movie. So, right. So it looks very good. 
just anyway, but like, you know, when they can, when they can get into their own a little bit on the outside, I think that's when it looked, when the film looked. Yeah, that's, I, I suppose you're right. It's the only chance that the movie even has to shine because just by <laughs> nature of being a prison movie, you can't have bright, pretty colors and, you know, really show yourself off. But, but as far as making it as bleak and dour and depressing as possible, I mean, it does a great job, um, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, this was Edward James almost his, uh, I think, directorial de debut, but I also, I don't think he ever directed anything after this. Possibly if you're having hits put out on you, that might be a deterrent, you know, to right. directing again. But um, but yeah, um, I was going to say, I mean, uh, another recommendation, I guess, would just be like Battlestar Galactica, because he's throughout that whole show, it's a masterpiece. It's nothing like this, but, uh, you know, but he really gets to act I mean, for four solid seasons. And he's the heart of that whole show. But mm -hmm. in the world of television, obviously, Oz would be the closest thing. And then. I started thinking about like the 90s. I don't know what the obsession was with prison movies because I mean, we did Alien 3 and it's just, Oz, just really, Shawshank. Um, this would be before even Shawshank. This is 92. So I, yeah. I, I mean, I can't think of anything before it. So this really kickstarted the whole prison. Uh, you yeah, know, thing, this, this might have been. Yeah, this might have been the start of like the of like the 90s fetish with prisons. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> And honestly, uh, it's, I think it's more worth watching than Oz because, like, that's like six seasons, which I never got through. Like, I, mean, I didn't get through it either. It's just bleak as hell. There's like, I don't see any light at the end of that tunnel. So it's like, if you're <laughs> going to put yourself through, like, American Me at least sort of has something to say, and it's two hours as opposed to fucking who even, like, what, 60 hours of just the bleakest nonstop butt rape and shakings. And, like, I, yeah, <laughs> fine. Uh, so yeah, I'd watch American Me. You're gonna get the, the gist of it, maybe even a little more substance content-wise. So um, and then soon after that, there was another killing that was done uh in kind of like this, you know, they were watching a cartoon, and I believe that's a killing that they made little puppet do, right? Um who's the, like, this little young puppet kid. is is a is a um just a gang name they gave a member of the Mexican mafia's little brother who went into prison for the first time. Well, I think the big brother's puppet, right? I mean, the big yeah. brother's puppet. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, to initiate him, make sure he's on the, on the up and up, they make him do like this killing. And right. the more it. he doesn't want to do it clearly, the more it's like, you're the dude to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So and it's kind of sad too, because it's like one of the only innocent scenes in the movie where they're like laughing to Looney Tunes and you just... Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe that's one of the that. more visually interesting scenes. Yeah, well, the in only the bright colors we've seen in the whole bloody movie, for one thing, because it's a cartoon playing on screen. And this way he's laughing along with these cartoons, which kind of plants the idea that maybe this guy is also just a kid. He's never had a chance to actually mm. be, you know, anything other than a hard ass or whatever, but, you know, like, like he could literally just sit the fuck down and watch a cartoon. Right. But and, the world around him is, you know, puts him in a different, puts his life in a different direction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just, and it's tragic basically. It's I mean, we really definitely tragic. see that with Santana later on. So I'm thinking this is almost like a precursor to that, you know, where that idea that, you know, this is another guy who's maybe just a kid, really, mm. you know, so in a way, uh, yeah. a, a murderer and a kid, you know, so it's really complicated, but. He was one of those characters that you kind of wished he like stayed out of it. At least I did. Because oh, yeah. I, I felt like the darkness of like, he's doing it. 
and the second his older brother kind of rejects the idea um they kind of do that sharp tone of like he's fucking doing it yeah it solidifies it yeah so and it's like they're thinking back to the dude who got shanked he denied it he denied like a an order or whatever Mm -hmm. and now like no one wants to like fuck that over again because like you know the second like they retaliate against it they're gonna get shanked they're gonna get killed so yeah, the, well, I mean, yeah, and, and you get the 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 affirmation that oh no, yeah, it's okay, it's all good, you know, it's it's pretty mm-hmm. much not all good, but um, and, and but, again, the pressure that these you know kids go through at such a young age to get into that lifestyle is so obvious, and it's made even more obvious of what Dakota and I learned from like reading about the movie that just consultants on the movie, oh, yeah. decades after the events of the movie got killed decades i thought that all happened at that oh so we're still okay someone got i think someone got people a couple people got killed like right after the release of the film yeah i thought it all kind of happened around that time but um i i'd imagine this this story ends around the 80s though i think i would think and this sounds about right and like the timeline of the movie yeah right right Mm -hmm. yeah uh montoya's montoya learns that his mother died um so that's a pretty sad scene like his brother gives him the news uh and then montoya gets out um like there must be some kind of there was probably some decent time gap there but basically montoya gets out jd's driving him through he's like we can still control the inside and when you control the inside you control the outside mm-hmm. yeah i'm trying to I'm, I'm horrible with math i'm trying to think of like how old he is he's like probably mid 30s late 30s maybe he did like 20 he did 10 to 25 he probably did all the 25 i would imagine so he's in his 40s he's probably like 43 or something like that he's the oldest dude at least yeah at least 41 like 40 or 41 at the youngest he meets up with his father and brother that's a nice scene and he meets julie who becomes his girlfriend and we figure out is the voiceover from the beginning of the movie which, by the way, she, oh, she is she is cousins with Puppet and Little Puppet. Right, that's important. Um, and one and probably my favorite or the most innocent scene, so probably the most pleasant scene in the movie, uh, is she teaches him how to dance, and because he had never danced before, because yeah, was we just, hear that in the opening, uh, uh, I guess monologue or whatever, you know, or well, yeah, we hear her narration. She's like, you know, I mean. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the man I fell in love with was the one that, who doesn't know how to dance, who doesn't know how to make fun. I mean, it, which is, yeah, kind of establishing that idea that he isn't, he's not even had a chance to live in the world, you know? So, uh, and and then that, you know, what was established there, you know, obviously uh, comes to, yeah, yeah, she teaches them how to dance. And so we, right there, I think is our first indication that this is obviously the woman um, from those opening uh, letters. Yeah, it's weird to see him so disarmed, somebody so completely brutal and, you know, he doesn't know how to act around her or how to talk around her. And he's, you know, I mean, it's, just, yeah, it's kind of, it is a weird juxtaposition, but uh, anyway, but yeah, it's, it's, it is one of those only innocent warm moments in the whole film. Um, it, and uh, I get, I'm probably jumping ahead a bit, but it's, I think one of the things that the movie does pretty well is it, it acknowledges, I think even the character acknowledges it, that it's, it's not enough to redeem him. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's because some things can get, go over the top, but it explores that idea that something else could have been it, and had things not gone the way they did. Um, mm-hmm. 
and the funny thing is too is they juxtapose the dance with julie and then the next date with julie uh where like she tur- he she teaches him how to drive they go to the beach she's never seen the beach and like right in between that they talk about this or they have this scene where they meet this boss on the outside who i don't remember the name but he has an affiliation with the mafia and his son is in Folsom. Oh yeah, it, 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 an Italian, Italian dude. Yeah, it was Italian. Okay. Um, so that yeah, that came up earlier. Like uh, we go through kind of almost like a King of New York, which actually probably would have came out at the same time. But at the start of that, that was Abel Ferrara who did like Bad Lieutenant. But at the start of that, we have Christopher Walken just getting out of prison, and he's driving around New York to see what's changed. You know, he's like surveying the land. So we get a very similar, I think that actually came out after American Me. So this would have been the start of it, but he's just kind of touring. He's like, not much has really changed, you know, from what he remembers as a kid, but you know, it's different, but it's the same. But uh, one of the things is that, yeah, the mafia, it comes up that the mafia, they're observing, you know, physically from the car that they're running the show, but they're running it sloppily. And so like the idea is that, okay, we can, this is our chance to move in because they've gotten too comfortable. And, you know, so this is our chance to assert ourselves. And, uh, that's yeah that 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 comes up uh i i during the scene you were talking about that right you know, he makes his move so and one of the things that they mentioned that the italian boss mentions to to them is like my son's in my son's in Folsom. make don't make his life more miserable than it is uh already uh which yeah yeah which uh doesn't end up happening for the kid um, <laughs> it feels like, yeah, he's so ignorant it, it's just horrible to watch that fucking scene. Oh. nervous talking about but yeah where it's contrasting with I watched it I, I saw on Netflix they, they use the MPAA ratings or descriptions where possible you know um, mm-hmm. so unless it's made for TV or something I saw strong violence and strong sensuality of like that's not what the fuck are you talking so like her breasts are covered by her hair and stuff. And like the whole scene with Ejo is sensual, I guess. Well, uh, it escalates a bit, but then there's like straight up butt rape, like fucking going between those two scenes, which is just horrible. I don't think I've ever seen a, a, a scene like that. Um, but yeah, but it's like playing almost like a, it could have, it wouldn't have felt out of place at least early on in like an 80s action movie as like a montage love scene. You know, they're playing the guitar riffs and all that. Like it's, yeah. And then contrasting with <laughs> yeah it's like oh god and it's supposed Uh, like like you would think that like oh this is supposed to be like the best part like the most uh you know humanizing or something humanizing redeeming part of this guy's story uh but like we're a the audience is interjected with some like butt rape murder uh it you know as much as the rape itself was bad like the 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 camera angle of his face against the rice well, it, just it yeah. made you feel like jesus christ like i had to look away like <laughs> yeah but, um, it's a it's a difficult scene <laughs> but and worse is that he trusted all these people they're all his yeah friends they're yeah, drinking with him yeah. yeah they're talking about boxing or something like that <laughs> and um what well, the asian dude after he gets raped pulls out a knife and then jabs yeah. it in um, yeah, so it's kind of like I mean, you see in all these mafia movies, the Italian mafia movies, where it's like everybody pretends to be your friend and they get popped in the back of the head. Well, in this one, you get popped in the ass, and then yeah, so it's, like, <laughs> I, I, it's just it's bad. And so. uh, and like it's you know not even the the sex scene with Julie is like 
is even that's a little fucked up because like he clearly kind of has some kind of flashback PTSD of when he got raped and uh, yeah I don't that's the other yeah, thing I, starts I, starts trying it from that way and she doesn't want it and it's just it's it's like yeah, awkward fucked up and he's like almost fucks, trying to fucks up the, fucks up the evening yeah <laughs> like just, I don't know. it's fucking messy yeah it's messed up um to tie it all up like you know he's never really been around women his mm-hmm. entire life and he's like 43 now yeah. you know like he probably if he's had relations it it hasn't been a normal one mm-hmm. you know if, in any in any sense of the imagination because you know it's prison you know what i mean like it's that it can get weird if you put a man through there and he's 43 before he like meets a woman to talk to for the first time yeah right. and uh one of the next scenes is uh like a bunch of their drugs are ba- is like badge like uncut shit i believe mm-hmm. and julie's was it her son or a little brother i think it was her son right little, no little brother little brother okay and julie's little brother overdoses on it so i mean like he's even hurting the people he loves on the outside now, oh, well, now. Yeah, well, the, like, the, the key thing there is that like i mean so yeah we learn very shortly after that um it was, the italians were distribute uh, dis- yeah, distributing um basically uncut stuff i'm assuming you know that anybody would od on but they weren't distributing it anywhere else but in these you know like mexican kind of areas of of the city so just to kill as many as possible so um Mm. yeah and so very directly he's i mean obviously the kid had a choice not to do those drugs we see earlier on where he's trying to warn the kids off drugs he doesn't use any himself so it is still the kid's decision but beyond that he's pretty directly responsible for you know i mean that situation you know so because it's the italian guy's retribution for what they did to his son we get that whole like godfather so we're, you know he's in the pool he's like no you know like the horse head thing but yeah um mm. i don't know to what degree the woman's ever aware of this i mean obviously she's you know her cousin is puppet and little puppet but she knows enough to know that he at least deals in drugs and so uh, indirectly she still is like you're the problem you know later as the movie goes on Mm-hmm. But uh, but he's very directly tied to what happened to her little yeah. brother. So, and so, and soon after this, uh, Montoya and his father visit the mother's grave, and that's when, um, as you explained earlier, uh, that's when the father explains that, um, like of the night of his mother's rape, and how he was never certain if he was his kid or not. And that's kind of why, like, I suppose he wasn't the worst movie father that even we've talked about, Dakota, but <laughs> um, that's why, <laughs> like, um, that's why he, like, you know, never really felt like he was his and, you know, was always, like, I suppose, never really a super loving father. Yeah, he's just more absent than anything. It's distant, you know, and and yeah, it, it yeah, it just everything just piles up, especially towards the end of the film, where just like he learns that about him. So it just yeah, it's bleak and unrelenting and depressing as hell. So yeah, yeah, and then uh, this is when um, uh, the Black Gorilla family raids uh, the Mexican mafia's sort of den and basically forces 
it's it's really fucked up like forces their heads into all the shit and makes them breathe until they pass out and die forces them to overdose on the coke that they're distributing and shit right yep and then uh and then that's when uh montoya asks jd because this is when like he finesses like aryan brotherhood support because aryan brotherhoods obviously doesn't like black gorilla family (laughs) uh so he so jd and montoya get the aryan brotherhood to take out like shoot up a black like a nightclub where they hang out yeah um and he keep and but Montoya maintains that it's not about race, that it's about you know respect and the gangs. Um, at that point, it it kind of you know those lines kind of blur and it kind of you know what I mean. Uh, what do you think about that scene, Jorge? I think it's um I think it's a point where Montoya is showing a little weakness to the other to the Mexican mafia. Because he's starting to think about things as a, like an outsider now. He's trying. To, he's starting to see like, oh shit, what we're doing is fucked up. It's not going to solve anything. Mm-hmm. And JD, who is still ingrained deep into like you know that that way of thinking, he's like like I think at some point he's like you know what's wrong with you? He's like at the moment we should be the strongest. You're showing weakness. Like that girl's gone to your head. Mm. And yeah. um, JD gets pissed off that. Montoya doesn't want doesn't like that um continuous cycle of like violence double the violence don't fuck with us like whenever some whenever someone does something to them they gotta do something like 10 times worse to like them like back back and forth back and forth kind of shit what was his fucking name like uh what you mean arthur j or some shit he's like no it's mrs j am i fucking shit's the dude's dick off look at that oh fuck yeah yeah uh (laughs) So that was yeah, pretty brutal as far as retaliations go. Uh, no fucking about there. Um, so. <laughs> Little puppet gets married, and it's like the best day of his life, like just like he's always imagined it. Yada yada yada. Like really building up the happiness for this character. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know uh, when that happens. Yeah, yeah when, yeah. when <laughs> things are too good. Uh, it, it, yeah, it goes the other way. Little yeah. no, little puppet starts talking shit about the gang on his wedding day Did because he? he starts talking shit because he's a tattoo artist and he cut his tendons on his hand when he tried killing that dude. Mm. So, oh, so now he can't do it as well. So now he can't me. draw as well. And he's like, all because of the fucking gang. It didn't do all anything right. good for me and blah, 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 blah. Monta- like, shh, 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 shut up, shut up, shut up. That's what they're mm-hmm. saying to him. And, and Montoya's there. But he's like agreeing with him. He's just kind of like, you know, he's, he's right. You know, we he lost everything by doing that. He gained he gained nothing essentially, and like he stays quiet during his rant about how the Mexican mafia sucks. Which I mean, we've seen before is usually that means your dad, right? He'll say it's all good, and then yeah, but in this case, he actually means it. Like he's like, yeah, you know. So uh, he does forgive little puppet, and you know. Um, and you can see, uh, well, his name's not, it's just Puppet, but Big Puppet, I guess, but, you know, is, is like uh, a little later in the movie, you know, where he's like, you know, please call this off. And he's like, I will. And he's like, he doesn't believe him, right? Because he's heard that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's all good, right? He's heard that shit before. And uh, it ain't good. But uh, so he, he's really looking for assurances there. Like, yeah, no, really, it is okay. And uh, 
ultimately things aren't because it's that kind of movie where nothing is okay and it's just but um but yeah no but at this point in the movie he really is more forgiving and more time that's um it obviously doesn't work out for him but uh unfortunately because of what he's already established that there is like a zero tolerance policy on the night of the wedding that's when we have like the in-person you're like two people scene with with montoya and julie right and mm-hmm. I believe he had Montoya had grabbed Little Puppet's uh, like coat, and his coat had drugs in it. So these cops pull up. They look well, through his. Is 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 that how it happened? They look through his stuff uh, and then found well, Little Puppet's uh, thing. Little Puppet's puking all over. They get him back to his place. He runs inside, but he leaves his coat behind on like a, a I think a, a graded fence or something. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, it's shortly after that whole dialogue between him and and uh, uh, and, and her. Um, so yeah, the cops pull up. But with that scene, as far as like the actual dialogue that happens, it, it, it's it's expanded upon from what we got at the very start of the film. And I don't know, it's just it's a really intense scene. Um, and then yeah, the the cops pull up, and it kind of shows that like, I mean, just again, the cyclical like it's beyond uh, control to a certain extent. Because then yeah, he ends up taking the fall for little puppet and. You know, because, yeah, he had a few uh, pills uh, in his uh, coat pocket. And, you know, there's no point in, like, trying to indict Little Puppet because he'll just go with them. Then, you know, I mean, it's just, so it's almost an altruistic act taking the fall for it, which kind of shows how much he's changed. Not that he's, he's changed. He's not a rat or anything, but it's just there's no point in bringing Little Puppet down with him. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, before, you know, sure, he'd probably have Little Puppet killed, but it really isn't Little Puppet's fault. You know, it's just an accident. And that's how he sees it. And there's no point in everybody going down. So he just takes the fall for it. And she sees that, you know, that there isn't like a simple, it is, it's just the way of things, you know, it's not completely what he chose, you know? So, and well, he says a little later on, you know, if they're going to get you, they're going to get you, but it doesn't matter, you know? So, uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, so he ends up back in prison and that's that's how yeah. that goes. Jorge, what else did you think about the whole wedding night, uh, him getting arrested again? I just thought it was a sign that, you know, his character was changing for one. Um, it was a sign that he was letting shit slide, which is, pr- which is like the worst thing you could do when you were enforcing something, like as um, Dakota said, with zero with zero tolerance policy for the last 25 plus years. Mm-hmm. And now it's just showing everyone else like, Oh, he made the rule up that if you fuck up in our gang, we kill you. And now he's the one fucking up. And now the next one up, which, which is JD, he's making up, you know, he's seeing this shit happen. And like, at some point you start realizing like, Oh damn, like, the rest of these characters, they're not going to follow Santana down this path. Like they're going to mm-hmm. stick to like the Mexican mafia. Yep. And, and, you know, and, and you, you feel that, I think that wedding night, you feel it because soon after he gets caught, gets sent back to prison. He's like, in a, he's like in a happy mood almost, you know, it's like, Hey, you, you want some grilled cheese? You know, he's, <laughs> he's offering grilled cheese to the, to his inmate. And he's like, he's yo, such an is- ominous presence. Like, yeah, the dude's like hesitant to even take it, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah so, but um, yeah, no, you're, you're, no, it's totally spot on. It's like, it's just, uh, 
I think there's also the other element is that I think he knows what's coming for him, you mm -hmm. know, towards the end of the movie. He knows that this isn't compatible, you know, with uh, what he's established. So I think in that final scene with him, like he's pretty resigned. He knows what's yeah. going on, but yeah. I don't, yeah, so. And Montoya tries to convince in prison, like in the, you know, whatever you call them, the, with the phones and the glass, those visitors. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what you call those rooms. Is <laughs> visitation? I don't fucking I don't know. Either. Yeah, uh, oh, um, probably uh, come up in a future movie, so I guess we should learn that shit. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's a very common one. Um, Montoya tries to convince JD not to go through, not, like not to go through with, um, basically killing off Little Puppet. I think were were like JD's orders yeah. at that point. His puppet knows his name is on the list, and so he's just assuming that it's Santana. But it actually wasn't Santana that ever put that name mm -hmm. on the list, right? That's coming from JD. So yeah, I believe so. Later. And so. and the quote I took away from this conversation came from Montoya to JD, and is what hits home the hardest for JD is whatever we had, we gave it away. Talking about when they were young, so. Like, even though they have almost, like, a cyclical, impossible, like, meat grinder of an environment to grow up in, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, he's still believe like, he's come to the real realization that, like, you know, we didn't have much, but whatever we did have, you know, we traded it for this life, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. he, at this point in his life, he sees that it's a mistake. Yeah, so. especially in their case where it was traded in for so little. It was just, you know, they just they wanted to walk down a street and feel powerful, you know? I guess they got that wish, but it just absolutely massive cause, the, the cost of their whole lives. I mean, I guess it's so, it, and, yeah, I don't... And you can't totally, you can't blame them totally no, because, because I mean, like we said, it is like this meat grinder where, like... You gotta do shit to survive. Yeah, it's... It's a very, uh, very difficult problem to solve, if not almost impossible. I don't know. I, I was watching like this document. It's just the most depressing shit. In the, well, I, I think they brought up that that kid from New York who just like stole a backpack or something. I, uh, you know, it, he was like eighteen or something, and yeah, did like three and a half years, and then you know, it, it just whatever the hell happened at the end of it, he killed himself. Like he wasn't looking for money or anything when he sued the state or I don't think he even went to try. I can't remember, but it's just, it's, but it's somewhere else in that documentary. It was like the story, this, this guy, again, I think it was like a petty theft thing. And as soon as he gets into jail, you know, he's a young kid and like, this guy's like, here's how it works. You kill somebody for me or I fucking kill you. And he was in there for petty theft. He goes up to murder, you know, for killing this guy that's going to, well, saying he's going to fucking kill him. And, you know, mm -hmm. so it's like, it's, but he wasn't taking that chance. He's like, well, fuck this then. <laughs> you know, like, um, and yeah, so you can see the immediate escalation that just traps you in that. It's certainly not reformative, you know? It's, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I, uh, there's another thing that came up in that movie, Scum, I was talking about. But yeah, just, uh, it is a shame um, that I, I love that's an understatement. I, I don't know. It, yeah, uh, I, I don't even know what I was going to say. It's just a really depressing as hell. So Super depressing. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... um, and, then, and then speaking of depressing, like the last five minutes of this film, uh, Puppet 
is driving along yeah, with, with Little yeah. Puppet and, you know, asks him or gets him to pull over and basically Puppet knows that if, you know, if whoever, you know, if, if he, if he's out there protecting his little brother, like Puppet's going to die too. Yeah. So, I mean, just little Puppet got out before him and then he was a few weeks mm-hmm. later. And so while he's in prison, he knew that like there was this hit out on little Puppet, and that became that he's got to be the one to do it to prove himself. Uh, yeah, and, you know, now Little Puppet's got a wife. He's not just going to pack up and leave with his brother, for, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's this horrible situation where it's literally, it's family having to, he gets Fredo, basically. And yeah. uh, it's, you know, so, but but not in the same, like, yeah, it's family turning on itself. And so this whole idea that I think was established at the start, it's not necessarily brought up through the film, but the idea is that this is your family. Well, it's like, what kind of family eats itself like this, you know? I mean, and, um, you know, just so, so that you can survive. He has to kill his own bloody brother, you know, I mean, just to stay alive. And so it's like, that doesn't seem like much of a family, you know? I mean, yes, fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and Puppet, it, how he does it is he strangles him with a rope. Uh, what, uh, what did you think about the last, you know, 10 or five or 10 minutes, Jorge, uh, going into the very last scene? Happy, happy fun times. Happy, happy. <laughs> um, well, besides Puppet murdering his own brother, it just shows you like how much this, the violence has escalated. You know, it got to that point in mm-hmm. time where like you're, you're sent to do a hit on your own blood brother. And um, that is a eerie feeling when you saw that, like, it's like, God damn, like what, what amount of pressure was this dude facing that he chose the Mexican mafia over his brother's life, which mm-hmm. is insane to think about. Like, you know, right. It's, it's such an uncomfortable place to explore. I mean, where it's like, cause they're both dead otherwise. So right. I mean, it's literally he has to do this or they're both dead. It's like, I mean, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I and, and then nobody Mont- wants to think about that shit. And then Montoya, Montoya, in the scene after is killed by in many respects like not his blood yeah. brother but mundo right his like, own family again which is kind of the idea that like it's it's just you know thrown, thrown off a ledge and that's actually the one specific like of him falling down that's like the one thing that i've seen before of this movie because it used to be in those like universal pictures like highlight reels that they would have oh, they mm-hmm. use that in, that's a dead giveaway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally a dead giveaway yeah, yeah, dead, yeah. Um, <laughs> whose but, idea was that damn it yeah. <laughs> um, um and and then the very last scene we have is like the moat is uh montoya's actual brother inducts this little kid i think he might have been julie's like, son yeah, I thought he was related to that family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um uh in in inducts Julie's son into the gang just to commit a drive-by. And he's like, uh, who should I shoot at? Doesn't matter. Yeah, we like, see, just, yeah, just the family in the front. Yeah, and it could be any one of them. But uh yeah, I mean, he got his little brother brought you know, he brought his little brother into it. Uh now his little brother's bringing somebody else into it. It just, you know, and and we see just how doomed it is because we see the brother against brother thing, literally. I mean, not just the idea of like, you know, you're a gang brother, but like familial, literal brothers killing each other in this. It, yeah, it just, it's so cannibalistic and cyclical and 
hopeless that it just i mean that's the note that the movie ends on <laughs> so it's like you know yep. cut to like, black uh yeah that it almost like reminds me somewhat of it it well okay well, that would be a major spoiler but i suppose like we don't <laughs> do tv but like uh reminds me of a scene in the wire if oh. anybody has seen that um, i never got through the wire i know i i gotta i i so we've we usually now talk about like its impact on society. I feel like we've brought that up quite a bit based on the fact that consultants got murdered. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, how accurate uh, would, I, I think it's a pretty truthful depiction of what that story is, you know? Like it does, it's, it's brutally honest. Like there are no heroes like the closest thing to like a pure character would be Julie, but even her son gets into the gang. And, and, and if we notice, Julie goes, her and Montoya were talking on the beach about going to school and bettering themselves. Oh, but it was ironic because Montoya was still deep into the gang. Mm-hmm. And then the last scene was Julie actually going to school, I think, to better herself. And before she left, she grabbed a makeup brush and covered the tattoo of the gang on her yeah, hands. That's right. Yeah. So, but she's probably going to fall back because now her kids wrapped up in this shit. Now, I mean, her brother's dead. Her kids, right? It's like, it's a pretty, it's pretty hopeless. But it's, it, yeah, it's almost more disheartening that people are trying by the end of that film, and they're, you know, yeah. you see what an uphill bloody battle that's going to be. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know about like the authenticity of it historically, but I can just, I mean, it doesn't seem to pull any punches it doesn't seem to be you know trying to spare any uh, any characters or anything like that it's uh, it's very in your face and so mm-hmm. that way i mean it feels honest to me i, I again i don't know the history but. i think it was accurate up until the part where um montoya who's depicting the leader gets shanked like a thousand times by all these gang members like i think that was the only part that pissed off people and that got people murdered in real life. I thought, well, I thought it was mm. the rape stuff because it was like they didn't want, uh, it's not the most masculine thing, but pumpery or whatever. You know, so like that, that got okay. people in trouble, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, also seeing the leader probably get shanked, that's probably a good three. Yeah, it might have just been a hugely controversial movie for reasons I don't even understand. Yeah. So I don't really like, I'd have to look more into it. And, you know, based on the entire movie, the whole, in, whole entire movie is how like striving for like that respect can like just lead you just down a shithole basically mm-hmm. uh so maybe on its merits like i mean when you think about where the movie starts they just wanted to walk down a fucking road that wasn't theirs you know and i mean it and it just blew up into well the rest of the movie so you know yeah the, yeah so um, and uh uh so uh jorge uh do you have anything else to say about the movie before we get into recommendations and then ratings? Uh, I don't think so. You guys right. covered a lot of it. Um, you guys had a uh, good attention to detail in the whole thing. And um, I could tell you that 
the research you guys did. I think I did that research too when I but first I, watched no, it. It, no, it was completely minimalistic. I, I, I after <laughs> I saw that, I just got scared off. I'm like, okay, I don't want to read into this anymore. <laughs> just like, people got slaughtered. Okay. Um, and I saw like, okay, three other people have done this on YouTube, so we're you know, and we're number four. They don't. They don't have any more. Uh, they don't have any more posts in a while. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, probably look into that. Yeah, no, it sounds like you did more of the historical research. I, 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 uh, yeah, because I just like, oh, okay, so that's what we're getting into. Uh, but... All right, so recommendations. I'd recommend uh, just uh, like I'd recommend Goodfellas because you know, it's 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 you know, a crime you know, crime family that kind of deal. Well, again, uh, and people that you consider your family ultimately popping you in the back of the head, you know, yeah. so like. Uh, um, any recommendations uh, for you, Jorge? I'd say Scarface. Um, this movie is like in the category of Scarface, like to the point where it's like, uh, dude has nothing, gets thrown into this life, and it ends up really shitty. <laughs> yeah, but it's sort of empire building in a way. I mean, you know, so yeah, it's the other thing. And then uh, Dakota, uh, you had a recommendation earlier. I forgot what it was though. Oh, yeah. If you want to watch a horrible juvie film, there are two versions. There's the original BBC version, and then there's the, I think, Channel 4 version. That's the one I watched. Ray Winstone, I think, is the first movie he's ever in called Scum. Horribly, yeah. It, it, covers, it checks all these boxes, you know, uh, <laughs> rape, murder. Yeah, it, it's really not till the last half hour. So it really throws you off in that way. But there, there you go. That was in the late 70s, 77, 78. Um, but other than that, Oz, obviously. Mm -hmm. But if you just want to see more Ejo, I mean, well, Blade Runner, I think, was most people's introduction. But then in the sci-fi space, Battlestar Galactic is a fucking masterpiece. I mean, it, yeah, but he's he's in every episode of that uh, series, and he's just fucking amazing in Battlestar. I'm really glad I gave it a chance. It's one of those shows I didn't like at first. I sat through the miniseries introduction, and um, I didn't dig it, but people just kept talking about it, talking about it. And I got, I, I decided to continue and just um, for, T I always talk about my favorite movies, top five, but Battlestar is top five as far as TV shows go. So just for mm. the, I, like, I love Battlestar Galactica. I, I've watched and rewatched the, uh, the, like you said, like the mini series pilot movie or whatever I, it is. It's like a, it it's like it. a feature film length. I've, I've watched it like twice, but just never never get bridged it to the next episodes yeah you got you just have to dive in you have to stick with it because i didn't like any of those characters i didn't like i just thought it was kind of cheesy and ridiculous because they're and battlestar had complex moral decisions and everything but i didn't dig the characters and they're hybridizing some of the cheesier elements from the original show with really fucked up modern moral quandaries it's, it just it just didn't work it didn't mesh but i kept going and i'm so glad that i did um, but uh, the other thing I would obviously, the closest that I can think of, uh, if anything, I'd recommend would be American History X, which came, also, I, I would almost expect Oz a lot to this movie because it's so similar. When you think about like, I mean, the brother yeah. and the other brother killed and I mean, there's a lot that those movies Just have in common. How, how like the site, I suppose, I suppose American History X definitely brings up more of the race issues um but just the cyclical nature of like right I mean, this, yeah so like the the feudal like just you know posturing and you know respect for respect's sake and like you know that kind of thing all right know. let's get into the ratings jorge out of five stars uh you can do half stars too okay. uh 
How many how many stars will you give American Me? I would give it a 3.5. 3.5? Yep. Okay. I was actually thinking 3.5 or 4. So um, was that yeah, that's where I'm at. Because like it's so depressing. Most people that's a barrier to entry. It, like, most it, people it, are gonna it, get through this thing. Yeah, I mean, like, like we're cinephiles here, but you know, even even it it's not the easiest movie to rewatch. It definitely uh definitely impacts you. I'll ride with three and a half. Yeah. Uh, I guess like, I'll just break up the like I'll the break monotony. it up by saying four, but I was thinking three point five to four myself. So I, yeah. I'll go up to four. Uh, it, if we can get into detail, I was thinking three point eight. Okay. <laughs> oh oh shit, three point eight one. Yeah. Um, the only like I suppose like discounts I'm giving it are things that are kind of out of its control though. Like, mm. so it's not so much like, like, because like my favorite parts of the movie are like when they're on the outside, you know what I mean? And able to like flesh oh. out the characters a little better. And I, I mean, it's a, more... just, it's a relief. It becomes like a different movie for a very brief yeah. moment, you know, I that, think that's, that's definitely drawn to it. Yeah, that's, mm. that's definitely true. Uh, so, so there's, you know, and it's, it's a three and a half, but like, if you're, if you're talking about a very difficult biopic that like you want to remain true and like honest and you know it's really violent um but it's violent in an honest way of like how things happen in those situations yeah, like, uh, i guess just imagine like so. the, that that la- what episode of breaking bad was it where it's like you know start all over again there's shaking people and set them on fire like it's like that for like two hours you know <laughs> so like uh, yeah but. yeah so it's just not the it's just not a warm fuzzy movie you know, um, so that's why like yeah i mean a lot of people probably couldn't sit through it. it is not a happy but if you have a high threshold there is substance to it it does have something to say um but it is not a pleasant watch. It's not enjoyable. And, and, and it does it does achieve its main theme. Yeah. Like it does it does achieve its main theme throughout the movie. Like it doesn't lose that. So no. it's definitely a really good movie. I'd recommend it if you have, you know, strong, strong stomach. <laughs> Jorge, uh, why don't you give the people your info again, the stuff you're doing, mm-hmm. uh, the single you got out, and then we'll sign it off. All right, for sure, for sure. So uh, I'd like to say thank you guys for having me on. Thanks for um, coming It was on. dope fucking talking about a movie at length. It's actually my first time talking about a singular movie to people for over an hour, which is it's pretty crazy. But, um, yeah, you can find me at theboyj.com. That's T-H-E-B-O-Y-J.com. Um, I recently released a new single called Self Care. It's available everywhere on everywhere you listen to music um self-care the boy jay i also do a podcast that comes out on tuesdays it's called the drop-off podcast that's also available everywhere and on the podcast i didn't explain earlier in the show but i pretty much just talk to people about random shit so if you guys want to check that out i talk to some pretty interesting people um that's also on my website and so Nathan brought it up. It's it's not just a movie thing. It's just anything. It, it's it's way exactly. more free form. Yeah, okay. we're 
we're, you know, we, we have our theme Dakota and we, 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 we go down our path. He's but, like a master uh, of all trades. It's just, but I mean, yeah, that's, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, he'll just talk about anything, yeah. anything, anything with anyone. All right. Thank you everyone for tuning in to the spoiler alert podcast. It has been fun and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.